Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Come on, Judith, clap along. Everyone, Daisy, come on. You got off the beat. Oh, I'm on a different beat to you. I'm oh, no, really confused now. Very confused. I'm so confused now. <laughs> I might fall off my chair. Oh, sorry, you can't I, do that to I, me. I, I ruined all that. It's made me feel really I? unbalanced. Absolutely. I thought yeah. I was doing, doing it like the descant. To you know, it was like a, you know, do you, are you are you impressed that I use the word descant? I'm no, very very pleased with myself. Word. Anyway, come on. Hello, Judith. Hello. Hello, Jenny. Hello. Happy afternoon. Kissy, kissy. Oh, no. Don't do that. Remember? remember We've stopped doing that, haven't we? Have you noticed that? We always used to... Do you know that's the joy? Make some effort. No, the joy of not working in television anymore is that you don't have to kiss people. No more air kissing. Oh, it's wonderful. Kiss you know, my ass but to you, air kissing. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, in telly what happens is the first time you meet somebody, you shake their hands. Yeah. On the way out of the meeting, you have to kiss. And from then on, you always have to kiss. Oh, God. Did you not know? Yeah, you must know that. We know. I don't go out of the house oh, if I can possibly it. you out, it. doesn't it? And then sometimes you get the wrong side. Hey, talking about <laughs> kissing and, and, you know, sort of social meeting things oh, and, yeah. and how we uh, communicate as people or animals. What can I get? We've got a guest coming in later, haven't we? we you have. you, he's your man. Yes, it well, no, but yes, I met him and I thought it was really interesting. And, it's our um, first boy on the programme. It's our first boy. And he, and he, yeah, Tristan Wyatt. He's an Oxford Don. He's a, he's bound to be a doctor, isn't he? Although, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a doctor. I don't know what a, a Don doctor. actually is. Yeah, I think we should ask him. I'm not sure what a Don quite like, can I buy one? Can I buy a Don ship? Oh, that's a good idea, that's isn't it? it? Yeah, nobody would believe you've got one, Jenny. I mean, you'd buy it. Well, you've got a fellowship um, from Oxford. Well, I have actually, yes, I know. Haven't you got Oxford under your, uh, bit, yeah. after your name? Yeah. I don't know how that came about, really. I think they might have mistaken me for somebody else, if I was. When you write sort of Judith Holder, mm-hmm. what do you? What are the letters after oh, your name? Oh, there's no letters. It's only, it's only my degree. But it doesn't. it's does not bad on my CV, to having done a, a research fellowship at Oxford University. It's not bad at all. It's not bad, is it? Anyway, and that's how I met Tristram. He's and really, he's a lovely guy, and he's an expert in smell. He's sort of head of armpits. He's kind of... Okay. He knows all about armpits. Olfactory senses? Um, I guess, yes. I smells so. in general. Yeah, it's a lot of, yeah, expert on smells and animal behaviour. Will he let us talk about our favourite smells? Oh, I hope he will. You know, my favourite smell I'm not allowed to use anymore because it was part of what triggered my eczema on my neck. Oh, that's tragic. Isn't it just... Because for years I've had a very lovely scent called... Um, oh, here we go. Come on, Jenny. Yes, I know. I'm getting there. <laughs> By a perfumier called mm-hmm. Frederick Marle. Mm-hmm. Uh, only sells in the very poshest of shops. Oh, trust and you. I know, well, I smelt it on a woman's neck at a party. Ooh. And I sort of followed really? her around like a dog. 
I just going up to her for a, you know the occasional sniff. I just thought, God, that's so lovely. Uh, then she'd be by the sausage rolls, and I just well, got, she must oh, have been very alarmed. For God's sake, did she call the police? Well, she understood because when I told did her, she? she said, "You're not the first to do this." Really? And then I started getting off the bus at Liberties and having a quick squirt, and then I got one for Christmas. And I've been using this scent now for four years, and I cannot tell you how many people have run up to me on the street and said, "What is it? What is but it?" You've forgotten what it's called. It's so called that's useless. Portrait of a Lady. I've just remembered. <laughs> You've just prodded me into it with your sort of... You just gave me an old-fashioned look as if to say, you simpleton. Um, so, listen, what I want to talk to yes. you about... Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, a couple of weeks ago when we last met, mm. um, I said I was compiling an exercise chart... Oh, yes, I yes, I know. I've been thinking you've about your exercise. You've, no, no, you've well, lost interest. No, you've lost interest. Well, there was a head. note of scepticism, I've got to say, because it sounded a bit like a sixth former organising their revision without actually doing the revision. But anyway, has it materialised into some action? Can, may I just say, um, I have been to the gym three times in the last uh, eight days, nine days. Right. And you hadn't been before? Well, not to this particular gym. I'll tell you yeah. why I've gone to this particular gym. They've got a new. Uh, regime of machines, right? It's called the E Gym. I don't know whether you've heard of an E Gym. Is it virtual? No, if only it was. Oh, <laughs> God in heaven. If only, if only you could just sit at home. Yeah, exactly. And do it on a screen yeah, and just pretend. pretend. Yeah. It's a bit like that, though, in some respects. Uh, the, they're, they're German machines and there are 18 machines. Mm-hmm. So it's a 45 minute class, this. Oh, it's circuit. a class. It's, it's a, a class. Circuit. Okay. It's, a, it's a, a, a class, so there's only about five or six. It's a small class. Yeah. Uh, and this one is music free. It's quiet, nice and quiet. And you uh, do a circuit of these 18 machines. And right. because you only spend a minute on each one, you do two rounds. Right, so it comes oh, to about 45 minutes. Right. So no time to get bored. Yes. And they're all weight kind of um, machines. So, you know, some will use, uh, will uh, be for your arms, some mm. will be for your legs, some will I've be for your I've been to a gym, Jenny. Yeah. I have been to a yeah. gym, yeah. So, but, okay, have you been to a gym where you've done all that stuff, but yeah. you also have a screen in front of you mm. and a little ball, you have to control a little ball that goes up and down a snake on the screen. no. Well, this is so that it's all resistant, so that you can't just go and do all sort of a bit out of kilter. Yes. Yeah. You have to do all the exercises in a very measured and controlled way. Oh. So it kind of brings in almost some Pilates into oh. a gym regime. And because you're watching this little ball go up and down a snake and you're trying to knock out up and down the snake of these spots, so the snake has spots... And with the ball, you're trying to pow those spots out. So, as Sounding tr- a bit early learning centre, if I'm honest. It, it really is. It's like a sort of cross between early learning and very early video games. Yeah. Can't cheat. Well, it's worth, well, it's and then shame. it gives you a score at the end. You don't right. want to cheat because you want to beat your own <gasps> score. That's, what That's why you go. That, I'm saying to you. That is why you go, because you want to get a good score. Yeah. I don't... The score's written in kind of gym language, so I don't understand it at all. Is it? Well, what does it say? Well, it's kind of in kg and how many have lifted it and reps and all that oh, kind of nonsense. Well, haven't they got a leaderboard up there? Well, you get your own kind of leaderboard. And I've, I've been twice now and I've yeah. beaten my own le- leaderboard. And I know I'm going to give myself a hernia if I'm not careful because I will want... you want to be the best, don't yeah, you? I yeah. know you. 
I very did, good. Very I did good. That. I did that. And then, but I've woken up both days afterwards thinking, well, this, I've got no effect. I should be buckling on the way downstairs. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. After a really heavy class, you don't want to be able to sort of be able to put your jumper over your head. Yeah. Your arm should hurt oh, exactly. so much. Exactly. You should be in absolute agony. I thought there's nothing, nothing mm. wrong with it. Mm. So then Phoebe said, well, you know, you, you're probably quite good at that kind of thing because nothing wrong with your arms and legs. But you, cardio, that's what you need. Because well, you might have a point. Well, she might a have a point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So have you tried any? I went to a cardio circuit yesterday. Oh. Mm. And? Hated every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, will, I, I realised, I realised that I, this is what I have to do at least once a week. What do they make you do? Oh, again, it's a circuit of uh, machines, but it, this time you're not doing balls and snakes. No, but you're not. Um, this is just sweating your guts out yeah. on yeah. first running of all, machines running machine well cross trainer um treadmill mm. and bike welcome to the real world jenny yeah welcome to welcome to the world of gym yeah yeah but it's only a half hour class but they gotta make you work yeah very it's intense and you've got some bloke walking around going um and everybody up one you know so you have to uh press the up button so oh, it's yeah. either a steeper yeah, yeah, gradient yeah, yeah. or a heavier. Does it make you do that? It makes you do everybody up one up two and I want over uh, 80 speed Gosh. wise all that kind of thing so you're kind of competing with all these other people in the class and I, oh, I had to take my jumper off I got in such a sweat <laughs> So you're going, to go, you're going to go back and do another one? I had to take my Aaron jumper off. <laughs> um, I, yes, I, I, I definitely have to because he said, basically, you'll never feel this bad again. And how did you feel the next day? Or, well, no, oh, fine, the next day. You know, yeah. It has no ill effects at mm. all. But I am getting sick of being sort of slightly out of puff. Yeah. And I did the, you know, I did the march um, against Brexit. Uh, well, the march for a second referendum. And I only did 15,000 steps. It's not that much. But the next day, my calves were like burning cricket balls. Were they? And I wondered whether it was just because I just walked in pumps on the oh, pavement. Oh, that's exactly what it was. Was it? Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly oh. what it was. So I need a squishy trainer. You need a squishy thing. proper t- trainer with some nice, um, you know, suspension on the bottom. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah you I do. Got, got but that. you know, as you, as we get older, apparently it's incredibly important to exercise more. You know, there's a there's a, there's a bloke called Muir Gray that's written loads of books about getting old. He's fantastically inspirational speaker. We should get him on actually. Uh, but apparently, as you get older, you need to increase the exercise. Really, but you it's like very... exercise. I that's... do. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, well, I can't bear it if I have a day where I don't do any exercise. But um, but you don't go for the music you see in gyms. See, I I I like the the, the, the dancey classes. I go to a couple of club size. I go to club size. We had music in the in the cardio. Did you? Yeah, yeah. hateful music, awful kind of you know. Yeah. Beep, beep, mm, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awful, awful kind of. Modern. I bet that was the slowest half hour you've experience for a long time it did go slowly I bet, yeah they do they and do. I, I keep looking at the i keep looking up at the clock, clock don't you? you just think it's going backwards yeah I know, backwards. I know but what about just going around on the machines like 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 lots of people do with the headphones so you can watch whatever they're watching listen on the to telly. my book listen to or my listen book. to your yeah, book absolutely you might find that better much better especially now because i've got the wireless headphones that my management bought Ooh. me for. i can't tell you this is the poshest thing i've had 
ever in my life. Is that, those are the things that you see people walking around with and they've just got the funny little white things that look like, like little sticks. Stubs. No, no, darling, I can't put... Now, you don't listen oh. to me. You see, this is you're like my mother. I don't know why I just don't do a podcast with my mother. You don't listen to a word I say. Oh, you're I'm, eczema. Am I eczema in my ears? Why yes. would I want to put anything in my ears that's going to inflame them even further? So, no. Bose, yeah. headphones, wireless... Oh, oh! You mean so they're these lovely squishy ones? The squishy, squishy ones. ones, the comfy ones, <gasps> also lovely. Nice. Yes, yes, a gorgeous sound comes out. Do people out of this. ever talk to you when you've got those on? No, they probably just yes. It's, it's a way of saying don't talk to me. It's I one. Guess, of the, it's also it? one of the things that women don't notice them, but blokes kind of give you a double take look as if say, "Why have you got a pair of them?" <laughs> well, that's what wasted I want. Wasted on you. Wasted on you. You, you middle-aged deafo, yeah. why have you got those? Yeah, got I really like that, actually. I love the fact that, you know, the trendy, cool, groovy boys are kind of going, ah, oh, yeah. bitch has got some yeah. good headphones. Yeah, she knows a thing or two about headphones. Yeah, Bloody yeah. Who'd have thought? Sometimes I who'd pretend I'm a rapper and I start <laughs> kind of doing some beatboxing. Well, so what else has happened to us uh, this week? I felt very invisible. This well, week. Yeah, yeah. Well, because... I recently changed hairdressers, okay? okay? You know, in fact, just before the wedding, I changed hairdressers. Oh, this, isn't that right? difficult when you come yeah, from quite it is. a small it is, yeah. village? Uh, well, no, it's in the it's sort of next town. He's quite okay. a posh hairdresser, and he okay. used to work in the very posh hairdresser, and he set up on his own, you see. So I thought, well, that was good thinking, mm. you know, because obviously he's a sort of top stylist that I couldn't afford at the very posh salon. Yeah. So anyway, he cut my hair, and, you know, I was about to go to the wedding and so on before Christmas, and... You know, so obviously I had a lot to talk about, didn't I? Um, but, you know, I had my highlights done with him twice before the wedding. So I was there in the chair for hours and hours and hours. You know what yeah. it's like, OK? Yeah. You're more almost blood-related by the time you Oh, leave. I mean, it just, you see, oh, oh, God, it's annoying, isn't it? You really are sick of it by the end. Um, but it sort of gradually became apparent to me that he hadn't asked me one thing about myself. You know, hairdressers, it's quite annoying, isn't it, when they sort of say, you know, you're going on holiday, you know, what's if you've got any children, you know, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and it, it's quite dreary, isn't it? Um, but, you know, I heard all about the way he trained, where he lived, his children, who he was married to, what he drove. He didn't ask me one thing. Was this post-wedding as well, or was this... No, well, just <clears throat> before the wedding, and then, and then after the wedding. So, you know, OK, it happened once time... And I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And then I went back in after the after wedding. After the wedding, and he... Couldn't remember that I'd been to a wedding. Nothing to... Even though nothing. he had done the highlights himself exactly. with this exactly. huge nothing. momentous occasion yes. in your life. Yes, yes. He remembered nothing about me at all. So then it became a sort of a challenge to me. So I would do things like... And I would never normally do this. I would say things like... Yeah, of course, I'm, you know, on my podcast, you know, I'd, th- I'd throw in these bits of sort of, you know, oh, yes, I've been to Sydney, you know, because I was, I was a, you know, I'm a writer or something, posh, just throwing in these little tidbits thinking, oh, well, he'll suddenly realise that actually I'm quite interesting, despite the fact yeah, that I'm 62. Yeah. Didn't even comment on did, any of those things. Did you things. tell him about that time you slept with that second-rate comedian? Oh, not- stop it! <laughs> stop it, Jenny, I should never have told you that. Anyway, so that happened. Okay, so I came out thinking, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going, I'm not going there again because he's just, you know, not interested in me. Talking to my friend Patty, and she said, I've just changed hairdressers and I'm going to the same place. You see, and I said, right. So, did he ask you anything about yourself? Yeah, loads of stuff. He's asked, (laughs) basic words. Very interested in my friend Patty. Not asked me one thing. Well, what's Patty got that you exactly, haven't? Exactly, exactly. Is Patty the one that made me go swimming and had the sort of yes. shock in the, that yes. very cold lake? <laughs> yes, 
yes, it and is. I sort of thought yes. I was going to die, and yes, she was laughing. Is. Yes. Anyway, he felt, obviously finds her fascinating, and absolutely nothing. I should not go again. Well, I no, feel I'll, like saying, no, well, I'll do your roots stuff for you, you, Judith. I'll do your roots for you. you. I'll mix so up some some blonde paste and put it on your head. That, no, that's, I, I totally know exactly what you mean. For me, it's usually with young people that that happens, where they forget to ask you a, a, yeah. a single question. And occasionally, I've been to dinner parties and I've thought, right, I'm not going to talk about myself and just see if anybody asks me. Oh, I've done that as well. And nobody does. <gasps> and I absolutely, all I do is bitch all the way home. No. Oh, I home. just get furious. Oh, I furious, just get more absolutely. and more And then, of and course, I drink furious. and you don't. So the more furious I do, yeah. I'm knocking back their <laughs> shard and I'm getting nasty. But it nasty. is awful, isn't it? I mean, it's not just young people who do that, but sometimes I find myself sitting, as you say, next to somebody at some do or something, and you've asked them all about this yeah. and the other, and, you know, done the small talk, then you get into the bigger Got stuff. you bored but shitless, said, but you've yes, done the thing. exactly. And you suddenly realise that... Not no, a single thing. No balls coming over the net, you're Way. The other thing that um, happened in the past week that I really kind of um, felt a huge amount of sympathy, there's this girl called Dolly Alderton who's a sort of spokesperson for her 30-something generation and, and is very. she's a very good journalist and writer. She's got some column in the in Sunday Times, hasn't she? Yeah, she's a columnist yes, and I she, I think she does a podcast, but we don't need to, we don't need any no. competition. And um, she wrote a piece in the Sunday Times last week about this I think it's essentially a female thing where you feel constantly like you're about to be in very big trouble. <laughs> so that's so true. I lived my entire so life true. thinking, "Oh God, what have I done? What yeah, have I done? Oh, yeah. God, oh God, this time I'm really going to cop it." And I just, I think that that's a real. Even when I feel I'm right and I'm justified in doing something, even but when I do it afterwards, I go, "Oh God." Mm, is mm, that a female mm. thing? Do you oh, think? Yeah, it might be. It might be. I mean, is it di- is it different to a feeling that you're going to be found out? Is it slightly different, isn't it? It's slightly, slightly different. No, that yes. I'm actually going to be taken somewhere and told off by somebody. I don't know who that somebody is. It's the person in charge. It must come from always being a bit naughty at school or at home and thinking... Oh, I'm going to be, you know, yeah. and I've being, scribbled on the wall. I'm yes. going to be found out, and, and I'm going to be told being off. sort of frightened of authority, really, in a way. I think I am quite. God, the idea of being in trouble with the police—that would be absolutely terrifying, wouldn't it? I mean, I suppose. Ah, okay, okay. So when that happens to me, is sometimes if if there's a flashing light in my rear view, I kind of think, oh shit, you know. My assumption is that it's that it's that it's me. Really? Yes. Why? Only because you're doing 140 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I do recognise that. I do yeah. recognise that. Yeah, well, it's nice that we can all share something, isn't it? Have you seen any good stuff on the telly lately? Oh, now then. Uh, well, I mentioned my um, my fascination with the programme Glow Up. Um, I haven't got into Pose. I didn't get it, so I've got to try that one again. Fleabag is obviously brilliant. And I've got a great book on Audible, just um, in case anybody's interested. It's been nominated for the Women's uh, Fiction Prize. And that is a book called the uh, An American Marriage. Mm. And I recommend that. What about you, Judith? A well, I went, round up from I you. saw the girls as a sort of pre-Mother's Day thing and we went to the National Portrait Gallery and on your recommendation, we went to see the Martin Parr exhibition. Did you love it? The photographs absolutely adored it. It made me laugh. He's the guy that's done those sort of idents for BBC One. You know, those gorgeous sort of tableaus of people. You know, like like cave rescue teams and whatever it is. He's a great sort of commentator <clears throat> on our country's social life, isn't he? Oh, utterly. But in a way that wasn't sort of... It's not sneery. No, and it, exactly. It was very affectionate. 
Um, we loved it. We absolutely the, the, one of the best sort of afternoons at the gallery we've had for ages. You know, you laugh and. Did you go to the top for afternoon tea as well? Actually, we didn't do that. No. Oh, it's quite nice. It's quite nice. Get a very good view. Oh, did lovely. you buy the postcards? Did you buy a book of postcards? No, but I took a few photos and tweeted them to some mates. Oh, they, I know, it was Judith. a great recommendation. Yes, that's you know that Nina, Nina, Nina. That's the police coming to get you for that. <laughs> oh dear. Now yes. you're in big trouble. Okay, we've got a guest coming in, so we're going to play our signature tune now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I would like to welcome our guest. This is, this is a, a new thing for us. You are our inaugural male guest. You are the very first older and wider male guest. How do you feel about that, Tristram Wyatt? I'm hugely honoured. Thank you. I hope you are. Now, Judith knows you, so she's going to do the introductions. and Because uh, it's quite complicated. You have met on the Oxford circuit, the Oxford yes, University I'm, I'm circuit. Not, or not really on the proper circuit, I'm not. But yeah, we have met at uh, an Oxford college. And I was struck by lots of things about you, Tristram. But you are kind of, I think, did you coin this phrase, head of armpits? Somebody did. It could almost be my moniker, but yes. <laughs> How do yeah. you train to be an expert in armpits? Well, there's a famous photo that often gets used in talks by people who work on smell of a whole row of men with their armpits in the air and poor women having to sniff them. And it's all about human odours, and yeah. that's what I work on. I know. What fasc- I mean, gosh, that is quite a niche thing, isn't it? But, but fascinating. First of all, though, you're an Oxford Don, aren't you? And what does that mean, an Oxford Don? It basically means you're a lecturer or professor at the university... And I guess in the old days it meant you swept around in a gown looking important. Uh, now you probably be wearing jeans. Uh, <laughs> but basically you're a researcher at the university. Does Poss- it mean you have a room in, in the Oxford College? Do you have a room of your own? If you're lucky. So I'm at a very young college and it's one for part-time mature graduate students. So we're all grown-ups. Yeah. And... My room is actually in the department where I'm attached, which is in zoology. And that's a trend in most of the graduate colleges. So you'd be mostly associated with your um, research area. Are you saying you have to share your room? I do. <laughs> oh, I hope they don't smell very bad. No, I wash quickly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how, how, your interest in smell, where was it triggered from? Do you have yourself a, a, a very sensitive sense of smell? Not really. I was brought into it. I was looking for a job 
So I've studied animal behaviour uh, right the way through from being uh, a student. And I'd studied a particular area of animal behaviour, which was um, mother beetles looking after their young. And it was in a salt marsh on the North Norfolk coast, and the tide came in twice a day, and she looked after them, and it was fabulous. But this was no good for getting jobs, because mm-hmm. <laughs> not many people needed somebody who knew all about that. But a big area that is important is pheromones, and that's because all the caterpillars that eat corn and apples have the adult stage of a moth, and the moths use this invisible chemical signal, pheromones, to communicate and find each other in the dark. Now, because that's economically really very important, um, there's lots of money in studying moth pheromones. Why is it important financially, sorry? Well, because the caterpillars eat the crops, and if you can do something to stop, stop. The, ma- the male moth finding the female moth... Then they won't no eat. caterpillars. Ooh. And can you do that? Can you stop them? You can. So, uh, it's back at the end of the 19th century, somebody was watching male moths flying in towards a female and thought, you know, you could do something with this. If only we could make those molecules, if we could synthesise them and then put lots of them in the fields and the orchards, we'd stop the male moths finding the females, we'd stop the caterpillars. Gosh. And that's used all over the world and it's very effective. Sort of anti-sexual pheromone thing. It's a, well, it's... Killjoy. It's kind of a killjoy. It basically... You give them too much of a good thing. You basically confuse the males because there's so much of the sexy smell around, mm. they yeah. can't find the source. And so they can't find the real females because they're looking for the the. Do they sirens. die of frustration? Probably. Um, but you don't very care, quietly. do you? Nobody I don't cares care. about no. the moths. But, but, but in a sense, nobody died um, along the way because it's just that they run out of energy looking for females. We, do we have pheromones? I mean, you know, we've all heard that supposedly we have a sex smell. Is that true? I'd like it to be true, but there's no evidence yet. So if you Google pheromone on the web, you'll come up with lots of... You have to take off um, the adult block. It, it'll all come up. <laughs> so you, know, you can try this at, uh, at home. Uh, and remove your browsing history afterwards. But basically, Google pheromones... And all sorts of uh, websites will come up selling you stuff, and they'll all be wearing um, white lab coats. It all looks very sciencey, but it's basically junk. And what I'm working on at the moment is how could we find real human pheromones? And I can tell you a bit about the story of how we get all the stuff on the web, if you like. Go on then, As, but can you make it quite simple? Like, well, do it in a, in a, a ladybird baby kind talk. of. Yep. Well, it's all very straightforward. So what happened is two enterprising professors at the University of Utah in the US had the brilliant idea of patenting two random molecules and claiming they were human pheromones. Mm -hmm. And they didn't make a lot of money, but lots of websites then offered these molecules for sale, even though there was no evidence that they really were human pheromones. It was enough just to say they were, and then people would believe and pay the money. And then what they would do, put them in a product and plaster it all over themselves? Yeah, you can uh, put it in a perfume, you can add it to a perfume you already like, or just spray it on. And what's it meant to do? Is it meant to send members of the opposite sex crazy for you? That's the idea. And if you believe, it could have a great placebo effect. So if you've paid £50 Mm. for this magic stuff, then you go to the party, you go to the dinner party, you go to the Expecting results. And so you... 
are more confident. Um, you might start talking to somebody you've you got might... the lucky juju. <laughs> exactly. So that's worth a lot. So there's this huge industry selling people these fake pheromones. What's really weird is some scientists also believed as well. And so there's lots of bad science using these molecules for which there's no basis. And that's what um, I'm working on at the moment. How do you change the view of scientists who also believe despite the lack of evidence? So you've burst the pheromone bubble, bubble Tristram. Well, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm not the first person to say it, but you have to say things again and again before people will oh, actually change Oh, tell us about mind. it. We're middle-aged women. We need to spend <laughs> yeah. our entire lives saying the same thing over and over and bleeding again. But what, so um, but let's broaden out the yeah. whole smell thing. What, what other use and importance are smells for? Well, animals use smells for almost anything that works, and that's the sort of good evolutionary principle. So why do so, dogs smell each other's bums? Because we know bum holes aren't the most nicest smelling, most fragrant. Unless you're a dog. Uh-huh. Um, so they're getting all sorts of information. They're getting, which dog is this? I mean, they could just open their eyes and look, but they are getting individual information. And it's the way that bloodhounds can track us because dogs are very good at remembering particular individuals' smells. So they're, rem- they're learning which dog. When they are expressing interest in a lamppost... They're learning which other dogs have visited because each individual dog, when they pee, has left their own individual smell. We're all like that. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. And then they're also getting information about uh, is the dog in uh, the on bitch heat. in heat? Is it on heat? Um, is it a puppy? Although, again, you could just look. Um, there's lots of other information that's transmitted by smell. So whereas we can only do things mostly in the in the light, we need light to see things unless somebody's within reach. Dogs do so much by smell. Do you think we use our sense of smell enough? Well, our sense of smell is actually very good. There was an idea that the human sense of smell was very poor. Mm. And there's lots of evidence that if you ask the right question, we're really good. So we're really good at recognizing family members if we sniff a t-shirt we can recognize it as somebody we know somebody we don't really you yeah. mean you mean sort of friends as well as people yeah. that we're and anecdotally i've heard of teachers if there's a, a jumper left mm. in the classroom in a primary school um, some of the kids are yeah. better than others and they just ask a kid with a good sense of smell Whose um, jumper is this? No. And they're, and they're good, yeah. Like you could tell. Yeah. That is amazing. I once heard a story about the perfumier Jo Malone, mm. who uh, I think it was she was on, not on tour, but mm. she was away on business and it was her birthday. And um, her husband had flown out by surprise to meet her in this hotel where she was staying, I think, in the States. And she wasn't meant to know that he was there at all, but she got into a lift and she... Sniffed around. She, she thought that he'd been. My in husband's it? been here. No. My husband's been in this lift, and then she went down to the um, restaurant, and there he was. Oh you know, my goodness! I mean, she she swears blind that she was born with a, a particularly strong sense of smell, and I too. Um, I, I think that you get a sense of smell for women can come right up when you're pregnant. Mm. Why does that happen? Why do pregnant hormones make your sense of smell so much more acute? Well, we don't really know. It, it happens in mice too, you'll okay. be reassured. Um, I think what it does remind us is that the hormones that are in your blood can also affect your sense organs. And we don't know why the sense of smell is 
is better. We don't know the function of it, but um, it's that quite animal, happen. though, is it? Because didn't you yeah. get that when you were pregnant, Judith? Could you not? Well, smell yes, and things? I suppose it's associated with taste, isn't it? As well. So obviously, well, you know, yeah. there were things that I couldn't eat and and possibly couldn't smell, and and conversely that I absolutely loved. I mean, meat was licorice with me. I just could not stop eating licorice when I was pregnant. Well, I remember yeah. realizing I must be pregnant because. I'd read about this sort of weird sense of smell thing and I was reading uh, Suskin's Perfume. Oh, I time, love which, that uh, book. Which was making me gag because it had so much about smelling it. Oh, really? Like that. And we were in Greece, so I was reading Perfume and then uh, my partner opened the window and there were tenderising octopus, I think it's octopus, on a wall, you know, where they kind Ooh, of flog yes. it. <laughs> and every time they smack this octopus, this wave of stench of octopus just came through the window like that. And I had to wait till I got home to make sure, I was, you know, they had to, to use a test. But I knew, you know, I knew then, and I just, yeah, throughout my pregnancy. And then weirdly, when I went on HRT several years mm. ago, uh, I've been on it quite a long time now, actually, um, and my sense of smell came back, not quite as strongly as when I was pregnant, but I do have quite an acute sense of smell. For somebody of my age, I mean, you know, I'm 59, and it's the kind of thing that can start... My, my partner has no sense of smell whatsoever. The house could be burning down. I mean, we could be really, you know, everything well, could be that's, singeing. That's actually one of the dangers, because yeah. if you're a nosmic, if you don't have a sense of smell, then all the things to do with food going off and uh, the toaster uh, mm. catching fire, all those things are actually simply not signalling. Thank God I'm there, eh? And we've Indeed. got a very good fire alarm. But yes, he. I mean, I come, sometimes come down for breakfast and I have uh, several favourite uh, smells hot cross buns yes and he's doing hot cross buns and the smell is so good he can't smell that and I'm kind of quite orgasmic has about he always it. been like that or is that he's always had very bad sinuses Judith and oh. then many t- well on several occasions he's had to have his sinuses washed out and I think it's washed out his sense of smell Does I'd that be make so sense? sad if I lost my sense of well, smell yes um well, you would be, and there's a, a lovely quote in Oliver Sacks where somebody, one of his patients, is saying that so much of life's savour is the sense of smell, whether it's old books or parks yeah. in the spring. And if you lose it, then you really have a strong psychological mm. effect. And people actually get quite depressed oh, yeah. when they lose their sense of smell. I bet. I can imagine. I mean, for me, I've noticed as I've got older that there are certain smells which... Um, instantly take me back to something really, you know, it's such a long time ago in my childhood. And one, you know, weird things like like um, the paint that we used to use in, in infant school, mm. your powder paint, yeah. you know, and plasticine and stuff like but, that. But it's, it's, it's actually called a Proustian moment. Oh, is it? So it's after after um, De Temps Perdu with uh, uh, Lost Time and... Uh, Proust writes about dipping the the cake, the madeleine, into linden tea, and that brings back powerful memories from his childhood. And there are researchers in Sweden who are looking that at that at the moment, uh, because it is it really is a phenomenon. Is it with dementia pain, patients? Does it unlock things like music I, does? I was just I just think wondering. It can help. I, I don't know specifically, yeah. but um, it is a way of reaching into memory in ways that uh, 
photos probably don't. It's a hard thing to study. But I think you're more, right. so, more so than... Yes, it, it's a weird one because, as you say, looking at photographs, is you remember, you're, you're never quite sure whether you're remembering the photograph that you've seen before or the reality of where that photograph was taken. Yep. But with a sense of smell, as Judith said, it will take you back to a, a genuine very specific, reality. very specific, isn't it? Yeah. Very, yeah. very like specific. My, uh, my grandfather had a very small... Um, greenhouse where he grew tomatoes and occasionally I'll get a whiff of a, of a slightly underripe tomato that will take me back sometimes taste will do mm. it as well I'll occasionally bite into an apple and I'm back in the Lake District on a caravanning holiday with my friend Susan Renhilton. But there is a thing about taste, so what we call colloquially taste is really smell ah. so when you're chewing um, the smell is going up the back of your mouth into the nose Okay. and so you, you can Try that. If you pinch your nose and eat an onion, it actually, apart with the crunch, it's just like an apple. And it's only when you open your nose and the smell can get from the back of your mouth. And then you know what it is. And then you know what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, I, there used to be um, a double act on the circuit called the Ob- Oblivion Boys. And uh, one used to pretend to hypnotise the other to eat an onion. And I now remember that on stage he was <laughs> yeah. pinching his own and he would bite into the onion as if it was a delicious apple. Yeah. And it's almost imp- if with your if you're blindfolded, it's almost impossible to distinguish them. I'm right. told. I haven't tried. Well, that. I got a terrible sort of fluey thing about two years ago, and uh, one of its side effects was I lost my sense of. I thought it was my sense of taste. But it's what we colloquially call the sense of taste. So you're quite right. If you've got a, a, a heavy cold yeah. or blocked sinuses, then you can drink the nastiest wine, <laughs> because. It Why really doesn't anyway. matter because, <laughs> well, pay, pay more than five pounds a bottle. No, oh, I see. Yeah. So, but really it doesn't matter because without the, the free passage of air, whether your nose is pinched or you've got a bad cold or your sinuses are blocked, you really can't um, distinguish things well. By that the must be Jeff's smell. problem then yeah. because his sinuses are always a yeah. bit blocked. Yeah. So, I, you know, he can actually smell if something's really, really kind yeah, of quite very high. close to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a bit macabre, but I remember, um, you know, when both my parents died, I, I saved something of theirs that smelt of them. Like I've got my, I've got one of my my mother's jumpers yes. in a plastic, and my father's handkerchief. Oh my goodness me! My father's the smell of my father's handkerchief was, was it really old spice. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but it, it was, you know, I think he, he used to use his hanky to do all sorts of, you know, stuff around the house, yeah. but it, it smelled of him. And and uh, so that says a lot, doesn't it, about the fact that it's, it's the, like the absolute, the quintessential essence, essence of them. Yes, and I think what you're drawing out is that smell is very important to all of us. What's your favourite smell? Yeah, I was just going to ask him that. I think actually probably a humdrum lemony smell. And um, actually, food cooking. Uh, I love. I made a cauliflower cheese. Oh! Last night, I really, genuinely, I'd gone upstairs for a bath while I was cooking, and this smell. It was the first time I've ever made one, and I went, and I the smell wafted up the stairs, and I thought. God, if you could bottle that. Yeah. Very wholesome smell, isn't it? Really but which proper. Are the, what are the sort of dis- divisive smells, Tristan? Because they, they, some people adore them and some people hate certain smells. Well, one of those is actually related to food, and it's a coriander leaf. Yeah. So about 10 to 20% of the population actually don't smell it as wonderful like I do. Mm. They actually smell it like soap. 
And it's all down to just a different variation of a smell sensor in your nose. And 20% of us have a different one, uh, which triggers in the brain not the sensation of sort of fresh herby, but instead um, soap and just not cleaning products. So one of the weirdest things to me is we're talking about wine. I'm not sure how we managed to agree at all because each of us in the room actually has a slightly different smell world. And that's true for wine, that's true for coffee, and that's true even for cauliflower cheese, that some of us will be stimulated and really liking it. Mm-hmm. Some of us will be smelling just a slightly different world and might not like it at all. Is that because it's associated with different memories or different experiences? It's, it's more actually different sensations. When when somebody who's colourblind is looking at traffic lights, it's not mm. conjuring up a memory. It's just that they can or can't see the red. Yeah. And I think it's the same uh, with the smells. But there could be a knock-on effect that if you can't smell something, then obviously it won't bring back the memory. Uh, just uh, before we finished, I had uh, an Asian friend who really, literally could not stand the smell of cheese. It really, really mm. upset her. And her boyfriend loved cheese, and she only allowed him to have cheese in the house on his birthday. And on his birthday, she would buy him just a mountain of cheese and just put up with it because it was his birthday. Gosh. But it made her absolutely gay. Is that strong, is it, Tristan? The smell of, the smell of dairy produce? Mm, I think that's more about um, fermenting milk. I mean, yeah. cheese is wonderful, but only in the right place. A lot of it also depends on culture and expectation. So there was a study in Oxford... Uh, where people were in the brain scanning machine and if they were told that the smell was cheddar, they loved it and the pleasure centres lit up. If they were told it was old socks, the same smell, the same molecule, they thought it was disgusting and a different area of the brain lit up. No. So there's a lot about expectation. So like Parmesan and Sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, oh, the first yes. time I smelt Parmesan, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, so a lot of it is about culture. Isn't and you have to be you have to learn that something's nice. Yeah. And that's true of all sorts of kinds of foods. Really fascinating. So we you know the the worst smell sometimes is you know your salad tray when you come back from a holiday. Mm. Whereas it's come gone all putrid and it's got water at the bottom. Yeah. You you're telling me that that could actually be quite sweet smelling to some people. Well, if it had occurred in the right context, I mean, that particular set of smells is probably unlikely to be um, part of the cuisine anywhere. But as you go around the world, you'll find that the local speciality is something quite special. And there is even a book with the title something along the lines of They Don't Eat That, Do They? Um, whether oh. they're talking about Stilton or... In Iceland, that shark, that, the putrefied shark. shark. Exactly. But if you're told that that's good to eat and you learn that it's good to eat you can learn to love anything and is it true do you think that people can tell by sniffing whether food's dangerous to eat i mean Um, i think i can um you can you can and in in some ways what you're overriding by culture is your initial shock at this this can't be good to eat and then other people around you are eating it perfectly happily in fact looking forward to it and so you change your measure for that particular food well, I'm glad that people can learn to love smells because that means they can learn to love us. And uh, <laughs> we do, Thank you so much for joining us today, Tristan. That's been really, really interesting. I think for being our first male guest, you've, you've really set the bar very high. I don't know well, who we're going to ask next. But no, not me. Thanks for breaking our sort of... You know, we were, we were sort of worried about having a boy on. I don't know why. Because we went to all-girls schools, that's why. <laughs> 
But thank you very, very much indeed. <laughs> thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.